right, so we are here. This is our second iteration of the Yes But podcast. And as you know, um, last time we talked about um, abortion and the effects of it. Well, this time I have my friend with me, Deontay Collier, who's going to talk a little bit with me about um, fatherlessness, what that means, what the redemption is for, what some of that trauma is, um, even sometimes more specifically in black communities than any other community. So um, we're just going to have a little bit of a conversation and just hope that this conversation give some more of that nuance in between we know what the gospel is what the gospel says but how that gospel impacts real people who are dealing with real life circumstances and one of those is fatherlessness so um Deontay if you want to start um can you kind of just share like your your background your experience with with that growing up what would you yeah 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 so um like he said my name is Deontay Collier um I'm from the west side of Chicago, Illinois, and my dad left at an early age. Like, he left at such an early age that I don't even remember having times with him. And growing up, how that affected me is a lot of the times I would do things to just gain people's love and respect and and things like that. But with that, like, I was only trying to fill a void because I felt as though since my dad doesn't love me, everybody else is going to love me. So I would do the dumb things. I was the class clown. And at the age of 12, I joined the gang. Um, From 12 to 16, tried the gang life and just all the while thinking like I don't want to live, right? So like this is all stemming from the lack of love from one man, right? One man just kind of shaped my whole just like world. And it didn't matter how many times my mom told me she loved me. It didn't matter how many times grandma told me, uncle or anything. Like I did not feel love because this one man who was supposed to love me did not love me. So growing up, I felt that way. Um, Between the age of 12 and 16, wanted to commit suicide, not really seeing a purpose in life and living because I really didn't feel that love and that value now graduated high school get into college and I'm being confronted by the fact that like I don't know how to love myself I have brothers in community who are just loving on me and telling me things like bro like you got these insecurities and stuff like that because you never really took the time to really just figure out for one, the father's love, and then for two, allowing the father's love to encourage you to love yourself and who God has made you to be. So that drew me to a point where I had abandonment issues, right? So I'm noticing um, these abandonment issues in college. I'm noticing that I have issues with trust. I'm noticing that I have issues with not even just trusting people, but trusting God ultimately. Um, because every relationship that we have, um, we will always reflect our relationship with God. So I'm noticing that I have issues with trust. I'm noticing that I have abandonment issues. I'm noticing that I have issues with, um, giving myself to someone because I feel like no matter what, somebody's going to do me wrong. These are just three things amongst many. So just going from being this kid who didn't feel loved and was doing things to feel loved to now I'm a grown adult 
dealing with these abandonment issues and having to talk to people and let them know like hey like i'm not like crazy or anything like that i just my dad leaving really did impact me right and i'm a grown adult not being able to like like literally somebody will make a promise to me and break the promise and my whole world will be just shattered as a grown adult so these are just a few examples of what fatherlessness has done in my life so when you think about that like i have that a very similar experience um i think you kind of pattern it out how do you feel that uh one that was cultivating the ground that would eventually lead to your salvation but then how do you also feel like that was cultivating a lot of the the traumatic experience that you have even now like you just said hey i still deal with this like this is something i still deal with how does that shape how you were gonna how how you end up being saved like missing that father element and how are you still wrestling with yeah so how that led to salvation is because god used that to show me that ultimately he's our father right god really used fatherlessness to show me that the love of any earthly father cannot match the love of the heavenly father that's one thing right so all the while my whole life god has had his hand on me drawing me into him right um seeking to bring me into right relationship with him my whole life um so so my fatherlessness is what he used to show me that hey i'm your father i love you and i care right um how i'm still wrestling with that is i still have um abandonment issues that will pop up at times with my wife right um me and my wife will be talking and maybe she'll do or say something that may trigger me and i had to just stop and just tell her hey like that really triggered me and this is why so i i believe that the wrestle is a little bit easier though because i know how to pinpoint those issues now and i'm, I'm honest about them right so the lord has given me the grace to be able to be honest about those um feelings no matter how um childish or how crazy i may think people might think i am like i still am able to say hey like that triggered me and this is why you know even even with my own experience like one of the things i realize is like i'm one of i'm one of one but there are, there are other dudes like you like myself and if we broaden this conversation right down say like you understand like i understand it you know we both work at a at a school and a lot of times we can see like how kids are misidentified because what what somebody who doesn't come from that context doesn't realize is what we're getting is the tip of the iceberg where this is a kid who is missing this tremendous void in their life. And so what, what we what we get, whether it's a lack of respect, a lack of discipline, a lack of whatever you may you may think it is, a lot of times what it is is I don't have anybody that is fulfilling that role. And so, like, this larger conversation, and, I, like, we know we need to have, as believers, we know we need to have is a lot of times, specifically, again, in black communities, we're not the only ones who deal with it, but there is a level of expectation where you should look or behave or act like this, but you don't. Like, it's different, but they don't realize, like, that growing up, there's this missing element that, that maybe you had that would have taught me all these skills that you now realize. Um like, I look back, man, it's like, the, the example I had of marriage was my grandmother and my grandfather, and he died when I was nine years old, 
and a lot of it is just figuring it out. I had no idea what it meant to be, what, what true masculinity meant. Um, but there was also like that imbalance where, you know, this is not a shot at anybody. Like, I think my mother did a tremendous job. She had tremendous support um, raising me in the circumstance. And, and ultimately, you know, you know, she didn't choose to be a single mother. But one of the things that, like, I remember is just like, there was not a, a lot of emotional availability to me as the, the boy growing up in my mom's house. She was in the army. And I think she was afraid that she was going to overmother me. And so what, what, what ended up happening, she really undermothered me. And so, like, what I wrestled with, you talk about abandonment issues, like, like I, I feel like I'm emotionally stifled because there's this whole component of what I should have been getting from my father that I just didn't get. My dad was, you know, here and there, first five years, gone. And then, like, 14 years, he was a believer. And um, that totally changed. But I was who I was at that point. And everything that had shaped me, that that callousness, it had made me into that person that I was. Um, did you have those same like struggles as far as like with like masculinity, people people kind of impressing on you, and this is what a man is, and like not even being able because you're an artist, right? That's a whole component that's not cultivated a lot. Specifically, like if somebody's afraid they're gonna feminize their boy. They're not gonna cultivate that. So how did you how did you struggle through that? Yeah, so I grew up with mostly women in the house. Like I had mom, sister, grandma, aunties, all type of stuff, right? Um, had two uncles there and my brother, but like that was about it. So dealing with that, my mom was very like tough on me. My mom was very like, don't cry. Men don't cry like you You can't be out here crying like a little babies, you know, like little stuff like that. So, like, I didn't grow up in a very emotionally, like, um, healthy environment. Right. So where many people are expressing their love with their families and very close and all, all huggy and stuff. We didn't do that. Right. So like that, I didn't get introduced to that until my freshman year of college. And I thought it was weird. I'm like, bro, like, y'all too close, man, right? In my house, we fought all the time, right? Um, my mom was always one to, if she wasn't beating me or, or whooping me, not beating me, whooping me. If she wasn't whooping me, right, <laughs> if she wasn't whooping me, then, like, I mean, she was cracking on me. You know, it was, it was a very tough environment. So I could feel you. I could relate to you on that. Because my mom was, she was a gang member, she was a rapper, she sold, she sold drugs, like, she was not your average woman, right? So, because she wasn't your average woman, she fought to teach me how to not be this, in her words, punk. But, what that did was make my heart callous to the point where I'm getting into fights all the time. I'm always in some type of trouble. I don't have any respect for authority, right? In and out of juvie, like, just bad. No, I mean, that's real, man. And, and the stats back it up. Um, you know, it says they did a study. It was like 1,977 children um, age of three and older who were living with either a residential father or a father figure found that children living with married biological parents had significantly, significantly fewer 
externalizing and internalizing behavior problems than children living with a at least one non-biological parent. Like that, the stat tells you that right there. But like this, which I'm thinking, like we really don't wrestle through this. Children of single parent homes are more, more than twice likely to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And it's you know. Essentially, if, if we're looking at this from a biblical perspective, because the, the realities exist, you know, why in the beginning does God create Adam and Eve? Why does he create a man and a woman? What is he teaching us there? Like he like he's 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 leading Adam to understand, like, look, I'm creating you, but you aren't even as effective as you can be without your wife. whom we didn't even know who she was at that point. And she's a helper to him. And there's this balance and this complementing that comes in those roles. And I think if you look at it biblically, we understand this and we can understand how these stats become real. Because on one hand, you know, the, the mother is, as, as the Bible kind of, you know, outlines for us, her primary role is going to be to nurture. Like she's nurturing, loving, raising, making sure the kids are emotionally well. With a secondary role of discipline. It's not her primary role. She does a discipline, but her, her chief role in the child delight, in the life of the child is to, is to rear them and love them. Mm-hmm. Now, with the father, his primary role is going to be discipline. Mm-hmm. Secondary role, nurture. Neither one of them is not doing the role, mm-hmm. but when they come together, they, they give this full picture of what parenthood is. Yeah. And I look back, man. And I mean, you're you're getting ready to have your first one, so like you'll you'll know how this looks, and you'll see the beauty of this. But I look back at my children, and I see like this balance mm-hmm. that I did not have as a child, like this calmness, mm-hmm. because they're getting all of that. Because I'm not a perfect parent, neither is my wife. But when we come together, we're complementing each other. And I think that's the thing that people don't understand. One, okay, you know, we have a it kind of goes back to our fornication conversation the person who deals with the majority of the trauma is going to be the child that comes out of that 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 illicit relationship and the realities of that child living in that relationship and like they're having to bear that trauma and what we're seeing in our own world even in the disproportionate realities that that involve black people is is saying you know we ex- we have an expectation of these people but not also acknowledging the reality of what a lot of them have had to go through and and I will be honest with you, like I feel like that one insecurity is the one I feel like I deal with even today. Is like I parent my children really hard in a sense, like not like just this one, like I just like I always want to be around them because I never wanted to be said that I was absent. Because I'm realizing like I don't think I'm ever gonna be away from the struggles that I have, having missed that essential element in my life. And I think we, you know, being positioned in the role that we're in where we work in a school gives us a unique opportunity to see how those people are affected. Yeah. Do you, what do you, what do you think some of the, I mean, you work with primarily middle school teaching them Bible. What are some of the effects, even if, even if you had no context on their life, what do you, what do you see in the classroom that makes you, that leads you to believe we do have a father issue in our country. Um. Well, the main thing is lack of respect for authority, right? That's super huge amongst a lot of our our kids and people. That's one of the primary indicators as to like the issue of fatherlessness in our country. Because if you truly think about it, 
people who grow up in a household with their father, even if you don't always respect your father, there's still some type of like reverence for authority because you've had that in your life. That's not something that's foreign, right? But when it's something that's foreign, right, and you come up against it for like the first time or you come up against it for the first time where it's consistent, then it's like, oh, shoot, like, I, I don't know what this is, but I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? So that's one primary thing. Another thing is, um, like, young ladies allowing, like, these young boys to just talk to them however they want to and stuff like that, right? Like, I, I, I have never seen a father not talk to his daughter and tell her, hey, don't ever let a boy do this. Don't ever let a boy do that. Right. And, and and mothers do that as well. But it hit different coming from a father. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, you have a, a, a role model and an example to look towards when somebody come your way trying to talk that nonsense. If you're not at this standard or if you're not somebody who could become this standard, right, like this, like my father, then I'm not going to deal with you. You know what I'm saying? So those are two primary examples as to what you see constantly that will give you an indication that there's not a father in the household. And there's many more, but those are two. Do you feel like we're judged harshly? I mean, and I don't mean we as a black people. I just, people like us, people who've had to grow up with other fathers, because, I, mean, I mean, let's think about it. Let's think about, you know, why does Jay-Z write 444? Why does he do this interview with all these other black dudes? It's like, man, we all struggle with cheating. We all struggle with infidelity. We all struggle with trust. We all, like, a lot of us went to the streets, you know, mm -hmm. to, to, to find community. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, do you feel like we, 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 get a, we get a bad rap knowing that, you know, we're expected to be good fathers and, and that we've never seen. We're expected to be good husbands that we've never seen. Um, do you think we get a bad rap and how do we solve this problem? Well, um, I have to ask you to kind of clarify that a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. So let's think about it. You know, I think, I think we, I've seen even from like friends, their best attempt to be a dad, maybe a minimal effort. Like, like, I, like I've seen people in different, why, why is he late? Why he can't be here? It's like, why he ain't doing this? Why he don't do that? And it's like, well, coming from the context that he came in, like the dad he either saw, all he did was work, or he ain't see him at all. And then like people who come from a totally different context are projecting what they expect a father to be because they had the example years and years and years. It was their father, their grandfather, their great, their great grandfather. So they learned through experience well, this same person has learned through experience, but it's counter to the experience they had. And I think, so the question I'm asking is, is it, is it really just fair right to assume, hey, you can be as good as a father as anybody, though you never saw or experienced what that was like? I think it depends on the background, truthfully. I think it depends, well, not really the background, but I think it depends on, like, the level of training that you had now what i mean by that is this like discipleship is very important and if you have like me I've, i didn't grow up with a father right 
but I've had the privilege of being around some great fathers, right? Some great husbands, right? Who have took me under their wing and said, you know what? You young, you don't get a lot of stuff, but I want you to come here and walk with me and see this, right? Firsthand, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so that you can have an understanding of, for one, what marriage is, and then for two, what parenthood is, right? So I think it depends on if you've actually had a person like that come and take you under their wing, right? Now, if you haven't, I don't I don't know if it's fair for somebody to project that on you, right? Without coming alongside you to help you, right? So do I think that that's something that is projected? I, I think oftentimes it is projected, but I think oftentimes it's projected in ignorance because a lot of the times we don't know people's stories, for one, because they don't really share them, and then for two, our society and our culture has become very blocked off, right, and walled off, and I don't want to say become because we've always kind of had that, especially in the black culture, right, where it's like um, stuff that happened in the house stay in the house. You know what I'm saying? We don't talk about house business outside, right? But I feel like we kind of um, got to a point where we started loosening up. And now since, like, the pandemic and stuff like that happened, it's right back to, like, all right, it's my zone. And then I'm this person inside of my zone. And then outside of my zone, I'm this person. No, you're right. And I think. Um, you know, as a pastor, like that has probably been the most frustrating thing, just pastoring into people. But I think even pastoring, um, you know, in a predominantly black context where, you know, the model that people have in their life is like my house is my house. My stuff is my stuff. My life is my life. Mm-hmm. And there isn't this invitation um, to come alongside. Mm-hmm. You know, there isn't there isn't this willingness. Um, I, I'll never forget. I was at the gym one time and this guy who I was good friends with. Cool, dude. Um, like you were not supposed to come in the gym um, where we work out and bring like and bounce a basketball. And like he was like, hey, he was like, I just had to say something to like 10 different kids about bringing them, bringing the basketball and they're bouncing and they're playing. And, and he, and I, trust me, y'all, like he legitimately was asking this question, was not raising it at all. He was like, is that like, he's like, do, do like guys in the black community like not address other guys? And I was like, no, like, if it ain't our business, like, we ain't finna address it because it's like, look, I don't know where that person's coming from. Mm-hmm. And and I realized for the first time there was a totally different expectation, even of, like, community. Mm-hmm. Where, like, even if in his context, you know, some dad either, you know, wasn't around, something happened to him, other men were going to come and take that guy up. Mm-hmm. And then we've seen it in our community, but I think you you hit on it earlier the role in our in our societies is is pretty much maternal mm-hmm. where the source of authority the source of community comes all from women mm-hmm. all from women mm-hmm. and look i'm not going to get into it today but there are even loads of stats about what those realities mean um in terms of what it ends up being gender roles and things like that for for men and women later on but i think that what you hit on is so important like that sense of community and that the reality of community is so different than what we believe and do, mm-hmm. that on one hand, there are these big issues that are leading to fatherlessness, but there's also the response by people 
who know somebody mm -hmm. who's growing up without a father is not adequate either. Mm -hmm. And like that's the struggle. It's like they're not getting an adequate substitute at all. Mm -hmm. And so it's nothing. Um, what do you think about that? Um, it's one of those things where like it's one of those things where like we live in just such a scattered like society right now because of like COVID and the pandemic and things like that to where it's we just have to get back to a point where we're coming together, you know, where we're coming together so that we're really able to be known and know others so that we'll be able to build each other back up again. You know, um, it's like that for the church and it's like that in our personal households. Does that answer your question? No, it definitely does. It definitely does. And I think, you know, everything we're seeing has been emblematic of a larger condition. Like you said earlier, We've been having this long before we got better, pandemic hit, and everything went back. And and I think, you know, we, we are going to have to struggle through that. So um, before we wrap it up, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's the solution? <laughs> What's the solution to fatherlessness in, in, our, in our country? And then what, where is the redemption for people like me and yourself who had to, had to grow through that experience anyway? I mean... I'm going to get a Christian answer. It's Jesus. It is ultimately Jesus. But I believe that it's us being the hands and feet of Jesus, like truly, right? One thing that I've seen, and, and I've had the privilege of living in a bunch of different places, right? Um, but one thing that I've seen constantly is you have a lot of people who claim to be Christian, but not really doing the work. You know what I'm saying? And the work varies from person to person, but the, the, the method is always the same, right? It's the gospel. It's simply the gospel. You know what I'm saying? So it's taking time out of my schedule to invite somebody into my life to help them and spur them along in not only godliness, but in fatherhood, motherhood, brotherhood, sisterhood, in the whole nine, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if we had more people who were missional, missionally um, minded or missional minded, then that would be a great help to um, coming to the solution, you know? Because the solution is Jesus. It just is. I mean, you're absolutely right. And um, I think we learn that in, in the Bible. Like you said, we learn it all throughout. Uh, a part of what the church does, the church comes alongside. Paul tells the church, he's like, look, older men teach the younger men. Older women teach the younger women. And James, as we know, he says, look, you want to know what real faith is? You want to say you have real religion? Well, it's the kind of visits orphans. Mm -hmm. It's the kind that looks at the sick and doesn't see them as beneath themselves and goes out and serves them. It's that Acts 4 mindset where it says they had none of them thought that anything that belonged to them were theirs and they had everything in common, and they shared, and so there was not a person in the community that had need. I think you're absolutely right. So the answer, y'all, if you didn't hear, is Jesus. You know, we can, we can try to create programs and all these things, and those are great helps, but ultimately what can change the heart of a person, what is the hope? The hope is in Christ. The Bible only. says, Yeah, only. The Bible says, where your mother and your father forsake you, that God alone will take you up. So 
Um, thank you, Deontay, for, mm -hmm. for coming alongside me and just sharing our experiences, y'all. And if you know somebody who is wrestling with this, share this with them. But also fulfill that, fulfill the commandment. Go out there, take them up, love them. Um, be a father to the fathers, be a mother to the motherless. Um, fill in those gaps. That's what the church is supposed to do. We're not to be insulated. We're to be there for each other. So. And also, if you know anybody that's struggling with that, have them call Brandon at 205. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to cut that part out and edit <laughs> So uh, we appreciate y'all for listening. Um, yes, we know fatherlessness is an issue, but there is hope for us in the gospel. Y'all be easy.